0: To Cooper Talk. Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host Steve Cooper, and remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I got to tell you something, people. You know, I was on my honeymoon uh, just two weeks ago, and uh, me and Joanne were in Dubrovnik, which is part of Croatia. And, and I noticed something. In Dubrovnik, there are cats everywhere it's unbelievable not like you know here when you see a stray cat they just take off these are all stray cats but they're the most friendly cats you ever see and when you're eating outside in a the restaurant they just walk up they hang out i saw one cat jump onto someone's table while they're eating so my advice to you is if you don't like cats and you're or you're allergic do not go to dubrovnik because you'll be disappointed Anyway, we have a great show today. Uh gentleman's very busy. I'm glad I got him. Uh, he's got about to go to Scotland. He's going to go to a film festival. He's going to start shooting a film. This guy's working his ass off, and he's been in some of the, my favorite films ever, and my guest is John Ashton. How you doing, John? Hi, Cooper. How you doing? I'm doing good today. So now we, we, we are emailing back and forth. You said you're going to Scotland. Is that for business or for pleasure?
1: Uh, actually, I'm doing a Comic-Con there with Judge Randall. Uh, they have the Edinburgh Comic-Con, uh, October 12th to 13th, and Judge and I are going over there and sign some autographs and meet some fans and have some fun.
0: Now, have you done a lot of these Comic-Cons, or is this one of your first?
1: No, I is. I've only done a couple of them, you know, they're, they're, They're pretty weird, but they're fun, you know. Uh, I did one in London a couple years ago. I did one in uh, uh, Stuttgart, Germany. Um, Let's see, where else? Uh, I did one back in Providence, Rhode Island. I did one in Colorado Springs. So I've done four or five of them. So they're, they're fun.
0: I, I it's, it must be great, I mean, I know, you know, I know some people who have been on Star Trek, and they get a completely different kind of crowd, but because you've been in such good movies, I mean, you know, you, I mean, Midnight Run, Beverly Hills Cop, Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh, some kind of wonderful, people must, you must have a different crowd that comes up to you, probably more, a more humorous crowd, not the sci-fi type. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah, we get the,
1: uh, we get the movie crowd, you know, uh, um, and they're they're really nice, you know. They're, they've been really friendly and great, and you know, uh, like you know, I mean, you do see all the Darth Vader guys walking around <laughs> doing all that stuff, and, and that's cool too, you know. But they, they that that's a different element than, than we attract, you know. We we attract the moviegoers, uh, you know. The, well, I guess they're moviegoers too, but I mean, you know, a different kind of moviegoer. So um, it's, it, it's it's it's. You know, it's, it's weird because I was in uh, Stuttgart, and I saw George went there from Cheers, you know, and George is an old friend of mine, and, you know, I, I just run into people that are, are old friends of mine, and uh, actually I was in Stuttgart, and I did a movie uh, uh, with Dolph Lundgren in Czechoslovakia years ago, and <clears throat> Dolph was at the Comic-Con in, in Stuttgart, and I never saw him, you know, and I wanted, to, I wanted to go say hi to him, but the one in Stuttgart had like four different, uh, 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 venues, you know, in four different buildings. So he was in building three and I was in building one or something like that. And, and, and they were the size of, of airport hangars and they were huge and, and they were packed. It was just, they're, 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 they're unbelievable. And, and the fans were all cool. They were all great. So, so I'm doing that. Um, um, Uh, for the comic and it's going to be great to go back to Edinburgh actually because I did theater over there uh, years ago I I was in the uh, USA uh, theater tour Uh, we toured Germany and and England and, and then we did six weeks in Edinburgh Scotland so I was there for six weeks doing theater over there. Uh, this was quite a few years ago. So I'm I'm anxious to go back and uh, see the city. It was beautiful when I was there. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Now, now you've been acting for years, and you know you play you play a tough guy in a lot of movies. In high school, were you a were you a tough kid? Did you play sports? What made you get into acting? Because I know you ended up going to college. To Ohio, then you went to USC for school theater. But what, right. when did you start linking acting? And were you an athlete in high school or, or was there a split?
1: Well, I was an athlete and a juvenile delinquent. So, <laughs> uh, I, I was. I, you know, I was in trouble with the law a lot. I, I, you know, I grew up in a rough town, you know, and, and, uh, we had some rough guys there were, and I still keep in contact with the ones that are still alive. Uh, uh, but, um, you know my my life was kind of going on the wrong path you know and um, uh i was playing football and doing all that too you know and following my brother's footsteps who was a he was a great football player and that's the one bad thing about being four years behind your brother every time you go in, they say you better be as good as your brother you know and, and uh <laughs> and he was a he was a great football player and Anyway, I played uh, I played the sports, but I was also kind of a juvenile. that so went through uh, getting in trouble a lot. And, and uh, the, the, the director of our high school theater came up to me in the hallway and said, "Would you like to be in a play?" And I went, "Yeah, sure." So uh, it was uh, Oklahoma, and uh, I did Jed Fry, and I won best actor. and and uh, and then I got involved with the Hartford Stage Company in their premiere production of Fellow, uh, which opened the Hartford Stage Company in Connecticut. And uh, I was just sitting in the audience like at two o'clock in the morning at a rehearsal. And, and I, I just looked around, I was only like 15 at the time. And, and I just said to myself, you know, this is what I want to do. Uh, it gets me out of trouble. I'm off the streets. I, you know, I could be out robbing a car or something. Instead, I'm sitting here and, and doing what I, and I really enjoyed it. And, you know, there were a lot of like, Yale students that were in the, in the production, and uh, and uh, I, I, I made up my mind then. I said, this is what I want to do. And when I I could have gone to college in Connecticut somewhere, but I, I wanted to get as far away from every possible connection I had with <laughs> so that's why I went to Ohio and I played football there for two years and then I did summer stock in Cape con in sixty eight and uh, uh, I was married and a one year old baby at the time and and I was making twenty bucks a week a room and board and uh, and I you know I just I, all of a sudden I said to myself uh, in summer stock and and I just said, you know I could be the greatest actor in the world but who's gonna know it in Ohio you know so I, I I applied to USC and I got accepted at the theater department there, and and uh, I didn't have any money to go, so I I got a hold of them and said, look, I'd love to go, but I I can't afford it. I don't have any money. And so uh, my wife at the time was from Chicago, so we went to Chicago and I worked on a freight house for two two years there, and and saved enough money to get to California. And, Rolled up in a U-Haul and a one-year-old baby, and uh, <laughs> and uh, or she was probably two at the time. And uh, I didn't know a soul, and went to USC, and, uh, and the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> now,
0: now, was it was it hard to get in the USC? Because you know their theater department's very you know renowned. I know back then it probably was too. But you know coming from Ohio and doing some summer stock and stuff like that. Was it a hard process for you to get into USC? Uh,
1: well, I got accepted there, but once I got there, it was uh, it was sort of the Hollywood system, you know? I mean, I auditioned for the first play when I got there, and I didn't get anything in it. And, uh, you know, and all of a sudden, uh, the second semester I was there, uh, they did a, 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 a play called This Agony, This Triumph, uh, which was an original play, uh, about the Sacco Vanzetti murder trials. And uh, I got the role of Sacco. And, uh, all of a sudden everybody came up to me and started asking me, Hey, uh, I heard, uh, that, uh, Bill went to Ohio to find you to do this play. And I said, I've been here for a whole semester, man. You know, I, yeah, it's like all of a sudden I was this newfound person, you know? And, uh, I said, I've been here for a long time, man. You know, I had a couple of things. Anyway, uh, you know, I've made some good friends there. And, uh, and then after USC, after I graduated, I was bartending and still didn't have any money. I, you know, I went to school on a student loan and, I stood alone and it took me years to pay that off. And I was uh, bartending and then I got involved in a theater group up in Hollywood, the Company of Angels, and did a couple of hit plays up there and found an agent and you know started doing TV and stuff like that.
0: What was it like when you first started doing TV? Because yeah, you know, you look at your IMDb and you're on some great shows. And, you know, when you started doing TV, as someone who was trained in theater, what was it like, the process for you crossing over?
1: it was terrible. I was terrible. I, I, the first thing, I, I, I did a play uh, uh, called uh, She Stoops to Conquer. Um, not She Stoops to Conquer. Uh, and I'm fleeing her ear at the Company of Angels. I, I did do She Stoops to Conquer, but that was another story. Uh, I did a play at the Company of Angels called uh, Flee in the Rear, which is a Fado French farce. And I played Camille and, and I, I won the Drama Critics Award. Uh, this was 1973. I won the Drama Critics Award for supporting actor. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm bartending and my agent called and said, hey, you got a meeting out at uh, you know, Columbia or wherever it was. So I went, it was for a police story so uh, which was a hit show at the time so I, I said oh great here we go you know my career is gonna you know blah, blah, blah. And I had never done any television and so I go in for the audition and there was two lines playing uh, an ambulance attendant you know and you now I kind of read it and I went back and I called I went back to the because I had to go back to work at the bar <laughs> I called my agent and I said I don't want to do this it's just two lines they can get a wine out of these they don't need an actor and he, and, he, and she said, well, you don't have any credits. you got to start doing this stuff and blah, blah, So I ended up taking it, you know, and doing it. And to this day, I regret doing it because for years after, you know, a few years after that, that's all I got called to do, these little two-line, three-line parts. And, and uh, you know, and they, you know that's the way it is in Hollywood. You know, they kind of pinch and hold you into things. And Anyway, I got a couple of breakout stuff that I did and then, you know, got myself uh, out of that hole. So...
0: Now, what kind of what kind of roles are we getting called for? A tough guy, a cop? What was in your early career? What were you getting called?
1: A lot of tough guys and cops, you know. Um, uh, you know, I did a Kojak, and and uh, <clears throat> and then I, you know, I, I was kind of getting uh, discouraged with the whole thing, you know. And I, you know, I was a theater trained guy, you know, and I loved doing theater, and I still kept doing theater. Uh, you know, Ed Harris and I did True West in eighty one at the uh, South Coast Rep and we both won Drama Critics Awards for that. But I was doing plays still along the way, you know, and and that the, the process of television was really kind of depressing to me, you know. So but then all of a sudden, you know, I got a Columbo and uh it with uh, Dick Van Dyke was the guest star and I was kind of the second star guest star I guess and and I just loved working with Peter and Peter one day, they were going to shoot a scene, and I I, I, shot, I sat there all day, and they never got to the scene. So they wrapped about 7 o'clock at night, and everybody left, and then, you know, I'm, I'm there, and I didn't work all day, and then Peter came up to me, and he said, hey, you want to you want to rehearse this thing we've got to do tomorrow? You know, and I said, this is great. This is great. He, he rejuvenated my whole face in the business. So at the end of the shoot, I, I went to Peter, and I asked him to sign my script, and he looked at me with this kind of disbelief, and then he, he said, "You're a good actor. you want my autograph, for? You know, and I said, <laughs> "Peter, I got I got my own reasons, man. Now, trust me, and I, I never told him why. And to this day, I still have that script in my in my in my, my uh, files. So, anyway, he, he rejuvenated my faith in the
0: business. Now, why? Why did you ask him? He said you never told you why. you never told him why. What was the reason?
1: Well, because I was so discouraged with the, the process of television, you know, and I just wanted to get out of it, you know, and I just, but you know, I, 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 I you know, I was gonna just, I really was gonna go back to New York because I'm from Connecticut. I was gonna go back to New York to just work out of the theater, you know, and and I, I was just discouraged with the, the process, you know, and and uh, he, he, you know, the fact that he came up to me when everybody had gone home and there was nobody there and in the dark sound stage he wanted to rehearse the scene we were going to do the next day and, and I, it just it gave me more encouragement that uh, I guess there are some actors that work in this business <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so you're, you're treading along you're working and then you, you end up getting a recurring role in Dallas I believe Was that did you know that would be recurring or how did that happen?
1: No, I just thought it was a, you know, one-time gig, you know, and all of a sudden they called me back for the second one and then the third one and the fourth one, and, you know, I ended up doing six of them. And, um, recurring character, which I didn't know. I just, you know, the first time I went in, I just thought it was, you know, a one-episode gig, you know, and then, you know, they, they turned it into a, kind of a recurring role, which was cool, you know. So now, did... funny enough, funny enough, years later, Many years later, uh, I, I did a TV series with Richie Tyson, and we were on you know, it was an NBC show, and uh, we did 20, let's see, 18 episodes with uh, an hour show in 89.90, and Brandon Tartacoff was the head of NBC at the time, and he put us on Friday night against Dallas, and you know, Dallas was another <laughs> one show at the time. And, you know, we were a brand-new show, and, you know, we were struggling in the ratings, you know. And, but we still got pretty good ratings, even though we we're against the number one show, you know. And, I said to Brandon, I said, Brandon, put us on Wednesday or Thursday. Give us a shot, you know. Give us a, you know, let us get an audience. And he goes, you're my best show of the season. I'm putting you in my toughest time slot. So, you know, and, and we did good, you know. I mean, 18 episodes, we were still in the, you know, the high you know low 20s and and one night they 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 preempted us because of the world series and they put us on thursday after cheers and we were like the number three show that week (laughs) so you know it just i mean it just goes to show you you know these, these people that have tv series and they walk around with their heads in the clouds and they think they're so hot because they're at tv series you know i just want to go up to them and say look you got a good time slot shut up and you know, right. And check all,
0: you know? Well, I was going to say too. I mean, you know, back then, you know, when Dallas was on, there was only, you know, I grew up in Philadelphia, where you had Channel Three, Six, and Ten. You know, and then that's what you watched. And there was some UHF that had seventeen, forty-eight, and twenty-nine. That had some sporting events and like the weekend schlocky movies. But so many eyes were on actors like you when you were in a TV series because there wasn't like now where there's eight hundred series.
1: Oh yeah, well, then well, we had four channels, you know, we had, uh, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, and uh, probably Fox or something, you know, so I mean, you know, now there's a, and I remember we were shooting on location one day. <laughs> And some lady came up to me and she said, I love your show. I love your show. And I said, well, thank you. She said, well, we watch Dallas, but we tape your show. And I said, why don't you tape Dallas and watch <laughs> our show? <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> yeah, to expect
1: People. I mean, it's all numbers, man. You know, and these actors are walk around thinking they're so hot. I just want to go, shut up. And you know what I mean? It's, it's all numbers. And, you know, you got a good time slot and blah, blah, blah. And you know what I mean? So you, yeah, you know, I'm. A, I just want to go do my job and go play golf.
0: See exactly. So so you're you're doing your job, and now how does Beverly Hills Cop come up? And you, and you had to know it was going to be a hit because Eddie Murphy was pretty damn big.
1: No way, no way. Actually, Seven Hills Cop, Ed Harris and I did uh, True West on a South Coast Repertory um, in 1981. <laughs> um, and like I said, we did a couple, we both won Drama Critics Awards. And <clears throat> well, a couple of years later, I get this call, and it was from a casting director and wanted to meet me. So I, I went in and met her, and, and she said, Look, John, I, I'm going to tell you right now, there's, there's nothing in this film for you, but, but I saw you. A, and she was a New York casting director, thank God, because she went to theaters. But she, she said, I just saw you and Ed and, and True West a couple of years ago, and I, I, I wanted to meet you because you were both terrific, and I loved your work, and I just wanted to meet you, that's all. But there's nothing in this film for you. And I said, okay, fine, great, you know. Then a couple of weeks later, I get a call to go audition for Everett Cop And so I went in, and, and I only read this one scene, you know, the scene where I punch Eddie in the stomach, and, you know, that one little scene there. So I, I auditioned, and that was it. I didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks, and then I get a call back, and I go back and read the same scene. I never read the script. I had no idea what the movie was about. And I went in and read the same scene again, and they said thank you, and I left. And, and then not, I didn't hear anything for three or four weeks, and all of a sudden I go back here and read the same scene again. <laughs> you know, And I'm going, well, okay, fine. And then they finally they have these callbacks. And uh, I go in, and, and, and there's, there's like 50, 50 actors in the hallway. You know, I'm you know, going, what's going on here? So they came up to me and they said, okay, and they, they brought Judge over to me and they said, okay, you two, you two, you two. And they were just pairing people up. And thank God they happened to pair Judge and I up, you know, and to go into audition. Well, I, this I found out later. Originally, Mickey Rourke was going to do uh, Beverly Hills Cop, and it was a it was a drama. It was a serious film, you know, about him going to, to revenge on his on his buddy that gets killed. So it was a it was a heavy movie. And then Mickey Rourke didn't do it, and uh, it went to Sylvester Stallone. And then Stallone was going to make it uh, Rocky blows up Beverly Hills, you know, and <laughs> all of it. So I uh, oh, ramble. I should change the like but. All of a sudden it went from a serious film to an action film to they got Eddie and made it a comedy so now I judge comes up to me and he says well you know we're reading together I said okay great you know and, and he said well how'd you like the script and I said I don't know I never read it and he goes you never read the script and I said no so he was frantically trying to give me the rundown of the scenario and blah 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 like, I finally said look forget it we'll just go in and wing it you know and he like freaked out and so we're going in and just winged it. And a, a lot of the ad-libs we threw in that audition they put in the film. And and then, uh, you know, obviously I ended up getting it. And, and Marty Brest is, like, my favorite director. I, I didn't mean that wrong with him also, which is another story. But, um... <clears throat> so, you know, Marty would, would let Judge... Because Taggart Road were, 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 were very minor roles in the original script. They, they weren't very big roles. Um, but... Uh, Marty would shoot a scene. I mean, for instance, it would say Taggart Williams was late in the car, and that's all it would say. So Marty would shoot that, and it would be judging me, just sitting there drinking coffee, looking up at the windows, and blah blah blah. Then he'd shoot that three or four times, and then he would go, "Okay, we got that. Now you guys just play with it and have some fun." And then Judge and I would start ad libbing, and that was all left in the movie. And then Marty just kept letting us do that—that climbing over the wall stuff was all ad lib stuff. It was, so Judge and I ended up creating, because of Marty, the letting us do it and creating these characters that end up being co-stars of the movie. So, and that was all Marty, man. I mean, Marty's fantastic. Oh, I love him. And, and then Midnight Run was another story. um I was at a play uh, that Joey Taylor was doing, and uh, at intermission, I ran into another actor friend of mine, and he said, well, you're doing Midnight Run, are you? And I said, I don't know, I haven't even read it. What's it about? So he said, oh, you're perfect for it. You gotta do it. I said, well, who's it doing it? he said, well, Marty Brest. And I said, you're kidding. <laughs> so I got a hold of Marty, and I said, hey, Marty, I heard about this thing, Midnight Run. I mean, you, know, sh- uh, you know, shouldn't I be in this? Somebody told me I should be in this, and he goes, well, you know, yeah, yeah, you'd be great. He said, but you got audition for it. And I go, oh, I, I got audition for you, Marty. You know? <laughs> so he said, no, not for me, for Bob. Bob wants to read with everybody. So I said, that's great. So I went into the audition, and there's 30 or 40 actors out in the hallway. You know, and everybody was scared to death of going to go on and read with Pinero, you know. And I was looking forward to it, you know. I was, like, really excited. I said, good, I got a chance to go read with an actor, you know. It's like, instead of a casting director, you know. And I went in and had lived a bunch of stuff with Bobby and stuff. And what I found out later, I walked out of the room, and Bob said, I want him. I <laughs> <laughs> Bob was a complex <clears throat> animal, because, you know, cop one and two were out, blah, blah, blah. So, anyway, so that, that was how that happened.
0: So. Well, now, after Beverly Hills Cop, when it became a big hit, how did it change your life? You probably got recognized a lot, and I guess because your character is very gruff, I'm sure some people probably thought you were like that in real life. How did your life change when that became a hit movie?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, we couldn't uh, go anywhere. Obviously, I mean, uh, I remember uh, I went back to New York to do Good Morning America. Was uh, was Judge. And uh, I was with my wife at the time, and we went into, into New York, and that was that was after the first one, and uh, and uh, you know I didn't make all that money, much money, you know, but I it mean it, everybody, I mean I couldn't walk down the street in New York; it was like unbelievable, you know, and, and I was like freaking out, going, "Wow, I, didn't, I guess this movie's really popular." <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, I didn't know, you know, I so um. um uh, Got so Judge and I did Good Morning America, and I'll never forget. I was on Joan uh, London, and, and uh, we did the interview. And judge Judge for me goes, What do we talk about? And I said, The judge is their show, not ours. We'll just answer the questions they ask us, you know. <laughs> so you're guess you're right. So anyway, at the end of the interview, well, at the end of the thing on Good Morning America, she says, uh, Well, John, that's after for your first time out, huh? You know, like I wish I just fell off the turnip truck
0: or something. You know, I looked at her and I said, "Yeah, I said, yeah, am a 22 year overnight success." You know, it's like it's unbelievable. Like, now, <laughs> what what was it like doing scenes with Eddie? Was he very serious? Was he a very serious actor, or was he a cut up because he did have the background of comedy? No,
1: Eddie's pretty serious about it. You know, I mean, once the camera's on, he's funny. But I mean he really, you know, he, he comes to the set with a purpose, you know. He doesn't he doesn't screw around too much. He really doesn't. He he but he's a you know, he's a pro, man. I mean he and he he changed a lot of scenes, you know, and, and stuff and and uh no, he was you know, he's he's serious about what he does. He's a funny dude, man. He's a very, very creative guy and, and it was Great to work with him, you know, and and to just be able to bounce off of him, and and we had good stuff, and he bounced back, and you know, it was it was it was really a
0: pleasure, it really was. Well, as an actor, you know, we had talked about Midnight Run, and you were excited to read with De Niro, and for me, I mean, Charles Groden cracks me up. I remember when he'd be on the Tonight Show, and he just always act like a jerk, and, and some people thought he was, and then I saw him in interviews, and I read his book, and it was, it was a very good read, his first book. What was it like acting with those two? Because you have to feel like you've really stepped up to the big leagues because they're trained actors. You're a trained actor. Did you get intimidated when you started doing scenes with them, or did it just come naturally because of your background?
1: You know, uh, it was pretty natural for me. I mean, I felt very comfortable with Bobby and Chuck, you know? I mean, and we got got, got along great, and... uh, um, I'll, I'll never forget the the scene where I in Midnight Run where I pull up in the car with the shotgun and two bad guys got them in the in the alleyway there and, and all that. Um, I don't know if you remember that scene, but mm-hmm. um, I'd pull up in the in the car and blow my shotgun out, and get out, and, you know, knock the two bad guys out and grab them and all that stuff. Well, well, it's another great Marty thing, you know. Um, that. Um, We got to the set, and I said, Marty, what do you want me to do here? And he said, well, just kind of hide the shotgun by your leg and walk across the street and get to, you know, find them in the alley. And I said, Marty, that's boring. I said, well, i want to pull up in the car and blow the shotgun out. (laughs) And he goes... Oh, great idea. So they spent like four hours building this ramp for the car, doing all that stuff and and anyway, so we do we do the first take and I pull up, I blow the shotgun out, I come out and the bad guy says, Oh, you're in trouble and I have yeah, speakers on the microphone and I knock him out and then I go over to Bobby and then stuff and, and then my money is cut and then Chuck then those, the new Ward Bond <laughs> <laughs> Which was a real compliment to me. I said, "Well, thanks, Chuck. You know, that was great." and so, he's—he, you know, he's he's, you know uh, Groden's pretty much what you see what you get. You know, I mean, he's got a dry sense of humor, and uh, you know, we were on the film for six months. I mean, we we started shooting in New York and worked our way across the country the way that the script was, and, and we got to be pretty close. and you know, pretty much family after six months of
0: working together. Now, as you're working, you know, you're in these two hit movies, are now, are you still auditioning or are people offering you parts at this point? Well, mainly, I, you know,
1: I, you know, I, I your thing. Then I'll go audition for it. But right, right now I'm I'm, I'm doing a lot of independent films, which I really, really enjoy because it it's sort of getting me back to my roots and and working with these young, creative kids, you know. And it, it's it's kind of like doing a play, you know. It's just you know I I have a movie out now on the festival circuit. and I'm doing. I just got back from Boston, actually. At the film festival, there a movie called Once Upon a River, and and I loved the script and I loved that character I played. A character like you've never seen me do, but but character that I've done on stage before, but never had the opportunity to do on film. I play a hermit that lives on the river who, who takes in this runaway girl and and. Um, uh, it's and it's taken from a book uh, by Joe Campbell, uh, Once Upon a River, and uh, I'm really proud of the movie, and, I'm, and uh, it's running around the circus, circus now at those festivals, and and I'm just getting ready. I, I did a movie a couple of years ago called Uncle John, an independent film with Ronnie Jean Blevins, and he's doing a film in Texas now called Death in Texas, so I'm going to go down there and work with Ronnie on that, and, and uh, so I'm I'm really uh independent films for me right now are, are the way to go i mean i i just i love doing them i love being around that atmosphere that creative atmosphere and you know and getting awake from kind of the hollywood stuff you well, know? well when you do these not that, I, not that i have anything you know somebody wants me to go to hollywood and do something that i really want to do but you know I'm, I'm at the point in my life now that i you know i want to do what i want to do you know i you know i don't and I don't feel like I have to prove anything to anybody. Well,
0: you know, you don't. I mean, you look at your career like, okay, you also were in one of my uh, one of my favorite John Hughes movies, Some Kind of Wonderful. And, you know, anyone who's a young director knows John Hughes' work, so they must be like, holy crap, we have someone who is in one of his movies. How did that come about? How did Some Kind of Wonderful come about? Did, did you get offered that, or did you have to audition? Um, I think I
1: got offered that. To tell um, the truth. And actually, John wrote it and produced it, and Deutsch directed it. Um, and uh, John was wrote and produced and was directing. Uh, she's having a baby with Kevin Bacon in Chicago, while we were shooting some kind of wonderful. And now, uh, John wanted me to be and she's having a baby to play Kevin's neighbor in that, and uh, and that was shooting at the same time we were shooting some kind of wonderful. So I was actually flying back and forth from L.A. to Chicago uh, on two John movies at the same time, but one was being uh, directed by Holly Deutsch, and, and John was directing the other one. And, and I got to Chicago, and we got we got a bunch of rain, and we got behind schedule, and Holly was yelling that he needed me back in L.A., and it was kind of funny. And, I, you know, John was the producer of both of them, so he was the boss, so... I said, John, you tell me where to go, and I'll go there, you know, I mean, you're the boss, so, wherever you want me, and so, anyway, I I did both of those at the same time, and and I loved John Hughes, too, and, you know, rest of soul, and he he was a terrific guy, and uh, I got along great with John, and and then he called me after that, and I did a cameo for him in Curly Sue's. Uh, I did a one-day, he called me and he said, would you play to Chicago and just do this one-day cameo? And I said, sure. So I did that one, too. So uh, he was a terrific guy and a big loss.
0: Now, now, when Beverly Hills Cop wrapped, did you know there would be a sequel? Or did, was that something that you got hit with later that he said there's going to be a sequel? Uh, what was that? When Beverly Hills Cop wrapped the first one, did you know there would be a sequel or did, was that when were you told there'd be a Beverly Hills Cop too?
1: Uh, not for a while. After the first one came out, they they kept trying to do a TV series of it. Um, and Judge and I said, no, we don't want to do a series. And I did I wasn't interested in doing a series because you know my I was my film career was doing pretty good. And, and I you know I said no. I uh, and Judge didn't want to do one. And then. All of a sudden, the movie came up, and you know, we, we, and actually, I was shooting, uh, I was shooting down in North Carolina a film when when they called me for Cop Two, and uh, and then I found out later talking to Jerry Bruckheimer and everything, what their original idea was they, after the first one was so successful, they wanted to take them all over the world. And they wanted to do like you know Beverly Hills Cop all over the world you know like in London and Tokyo and you know that was their original idea after the first one was so successful, but uh, they uh, they stayed in L.A. for the second one and obviously I didn't do the third one so um, anyway so
0: so as you were going through after that you know you're doing movies. And then you start doing TV. Was it harder to get work? Were you getting pigeonholed as a certain character, or and were you feeling a little stifled as an actor, you know, doing the same, somewhat of the same kind of roles?
1: Well, you know, I, the thing is, after Cop was so successful, and and you know, that's just Hollywood for you. You know, uh, I got offered all these cop roles. You know, it was just one after another, and I I said, I just did that, I don't want to do that again, you know, I was a character actor, you know, I was a stage actor, I did a lot of, a lot of different things on stage, you know, I was doing Tennessee Williams, and, and, uh, you know, Inge, and I was doing all these, uh, really great plays, you know, and, uh, and all of a sudden, that's what they want you to do, oh, you're good at that, so that's what you do, And and that's not what I do, I do a lot of different things, that's why I'm, I'm so, having so much fun doing these independent films because I'm getting a chance to do the things I did on stage, you know. So, you know, then somebody asked me one day, Oh, well, you play a lot of cops, you know, and I said, I finally just said, look, I don't play occupations, I play characters, all right? <laughs> so, so, uh, and actually the death in Texas, which I'm going to do, I'm playing a cop, but he's a great character. You know, I don't care that he's a cop and, and, and it's, a, it's a it's a cool character you know so like I say I don't play
0: occupations I play characters no, right yeah I mean, <laughs> I mean, that makes sense and the thing is though it must have been somewhat frustrating for you when you were getting all the same roles of offers because you are trade you've done true west with ed Harris. you know you you're a trained actor did, did you start getting a little discouraged about the business at, at any time oh
1: absolutely absolutely I, you know that and uh, I turned so many of those down, you know. And I just said I, you know, I don't want to. Do... And that's why when Midnight Run came up, I was I jumped on it, you know, because it was a bounty hunter. I was different, you know. It was it was so different than Taggers, you know. That that's why I wanted to do it so badly. And and thank God it, it came out successfully. But but uh, you know I'm a character actor. I want to play different things. I you know I don't want to play you know. Uh, it baffles me. And I, used to, I had friends I just to play golf with that were on soap opera. But I, I said, man, I don't know how you do that, man. Because that dragged me nuts doing the same thing for 20 years. and dragged me nuts to the wall. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Now, then, you know, all of a sudden, I'm getting needled into these cop like, I don't want to do that, man. It's
0: like, <laughs> now, did it did it hurt your career because you turned these roles down? Did all of a sudden start people saying he's not playing a cop. We're not going to offer him?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could have made a lot more money, you know, I could have done all that stuff and you know, but you know, I would've do other things, you know, I'm a creative guy. I, I just I I just uh I don't know. I, you know, that but then, you know, Robert Mitchell was a very good friend of mine and he he turned things down and turned things down and then he he finally get bored and just go do something, you know, just because he was bored, you know. And, I, and he used to always say, yeah,
0: we have people come up to me and they go, yeah, Bob, we know you're a terrific actor, but uh, would you mind doing this uh, lousy movie for? <laughs> And he said I was bored, so I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're working, you know, you've had this good career. How did uh, Gone Baby Gone come up? Was that something out of the blue or was that something that you wanted to work with Affleck or how did that come about? That
1: that was totally out of the blue. Uh, I'm I'm a big Dennis Lehane fan. I read all of his books, and uh, just because I liked I like his writing, and I had read all of uh, his books, and I had read Gone Baby Gone, and uh, all of a sudden out of the blue, I got a call from my agent that uh, they want you to do uh, uh, Gone Baby Gone. Ben Affleck wants you to do it, and I said great, man. You know so. Uh, I mean that just totally came out of the blue, and then I got to Boston to shoot it, and uh, the casting people came up and said, you know, you were the first one cast, and Ben insisted on you for his role, and blah blah blah. And, uh, and luckily, I got to do it. And then I said, well, who's playing my partner? And they said Ed Harris, and I go, oh, fantastic, we're gonna have a blast, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was 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 Ben a fan, or or what, what? What what do you think? Why were you the first one cast?
1: Well, I heard a story on Jiggly, but uh, Marty Press directed Jiggly with Ben and uh, uh, Ben had had come up to him on the set one day and said I want to be your next John Ashton and and Marty Marty was notorious for never casting the same people twice and he cast me in two movies, that's why Ben did that, because he wanted to work with Marty again, you know anyway, uh, he was a fan of mine because of that I guess and we, had that, we had that association with Marty.
0: Now, at yeah. this time, in when you're shooting Bacall *Baby Gone*, and you, know, you did some other TV, were you still doing theater, or did you start pulling away from theater?
1: Well, I, I just hadn't had the opportunity. I mean, I'd, I'd love to do theater again, you know, but uh, I, I want to do the right thing, you know. I, I, the right play has to come up, you know. I mean, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know. Broadway has become Hollywood East or something, you know. You got to be a, a TV star to do Broadway now, you know. So, we, you, you know, what can you do? But uh, I'd love to do if the, if the right play came along, I'd love
0: to do another big play. So. Now, when I look at your IMDb, you didn't work for a few years. Was that a choice of yours, or is that just something like in the late, the mid two thousands? Because I have friends who have been on a TV show and then they were a voice in Coco, and then he couldn't get work for a year and a half, and it must be frustrating. Did you choose not to work much, or, or what happened? Why Were not you were you not going out for auditions, or was because you moved to Colorado, or what happened? Well,
1: I, I moved to Colorado, which was, was one of the reasons, and, and the things I was being offered I didn't want to do. Uh, I, I moved to Colorado because uh, I wanted to raise my son here. I didn't want to raise my son in L.A. And I, you know, I lived at that time. I lived in a pretty nice area of LA, and uh, (laughs) some kid got killed on uh, waiting for his bus to go home. And it was a really nice part of LA. And and I just said, you know, you can live in the greatest greatest area in LA, but five minutes down the hill and you're in the the garbage. You know, so I just didn't want my son to go up there. And uh, I had been doing a lot of and I, I played one in Colorado and I I liked it here and, and I liked the people and and uh, uh, it was right around the Rodney King riots about 93 92 um, uh, and I'm I'm flying from Colorado into LAX and I'm going to look at all these burning out buildings and stuff like that and I said that's it I'm out of here and I I, uh, I put my house up for sale and bought a house in Colorado and actually bought the house here when I was shooting uh, Little Big League in Minnesota and uh, my wife came out and found the house and bought it and we moved here so part of, part of it was that reason you know that uh, Hollywood they, they think if you don't live there you live in Mars you know I mean it's just unbelievable how, how backward they are in such a technically profound business and, and they just are so backward that way I mean, if you don't live there, you live on Mars. I mean, it's just, and, uh, you know, I, I had no problem. And I, actually, they did this series, but they did do it a couple years ago, Beverly Oak Top, which never sold. And I, I didn't do the pilot, but, but uh, the director wanted to meet me. And so he sent me the script, and I read the script, and I wasn't in it. You know, the pilot. And, and Eddie was going to be in it, and Judge was in it. And uh, the, the pilot was really about Eddie's son and Eddie helping him out. But uh, anyway, so I get on the plane and I fly to LA to have this meeting and I read the script. So I go to the meeting and, and uh, Sean said, well, you know, John, what, what, if, if the show goes, will you be in it? Would you be in it? And I said, well, I don't understand why I'm not in the pilot. And he said, well, you know, John, you live in Colorado. And, uh, and I looked at him, I said, let me tell you something, I get up at 7 o'clock this morning, I got a 10 o'clock flight. I got here at noon, and I made the 1.30 meeting. I couldn't do that if I lived in South <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he, looked at, he looked at me and he goes, you know what, you're right. You know, so I mean, I, I just look at these people, I go, you know, It's unbelievable. It's
0: unbelievable. Now, how did how did you choose Colorado? Like, I, I lived in L.A. for years, and I moved back to New Jersey where I grew up, so it was an easy move. How did you choose Colorado? Because, you know, you, you grew up in Massachusetts. You went to school in Ohio. You lived in L.A. for a long time. What was made Colorado special for you?
1: Well, like I say, I, I played a golf tournament. That's how I found the town, you know. And, uh, um, and, and uh, it had four seasons, you know. It had summer, fall, winter, spring. Uh, that the mountains, the Rockies are beautiful, uh, you know, I mean, the countryside is beautiful, and, uh, you know, I spent, at that time, now the town has grown like crazy, but at that time, it was a small town, you know, and I wanted my, my son to have that opportunity, you know, to grow up in a small town, and not have to worry about gangs and all this other stuff, you know, and, and, uh. And he, he thanks me to this day for giving him that opportunity because he lives in LA now working for a video game
0: company. So. <laughs> now so, you've mentioned golf I
1: always tell him I said I, I worked my tail off to get you out of this out right. in your back. Dad, I hate it too, but this is where my job is. And I said, That's the only reason I live there.
0: Right. Now now you've mentioned golf a few times. How long are you, how long have you been golfing? And do you have a group of celebrity buddies you golf with or who do you golf with?
1: Well, I, I played with Dennis Quaid and a lot of different people. You know, like, we we used to have a uh, we used to have a thing called the Celebrity uh, uh, Golf Tour, and it was great. There was a lot of a lot of athletes, uh, a lot of actors. Uh, it was called the GPA, Celebrity Players Tour, GPT. I mean, um, and uh, actually, I started playing golf when I was bartending down at near USC as bartended, Even after I graduated, I ended up managing this bar down there. And I worked from 10 to 6 at the bar and then go and do my plays in Hollywood at 8 o'clock and then come back and close the place after. Anyway, I was managing the place. And and, um, and it, a lot of cops used to hang out there. And um, one day one of the cops came in and said, um, my wife bought me some new golf clubs. and you going want to buy these? And I said, how much you want for me? He said, give me 50 bucks. So I bought them, and they sat in my, my apartment, because <clears throat> I was single at the time. I, they sat in my apartment for months, and one day I was bored, had nothing to do, and I said, I'm going to grab those and go out. And I went out, and I was hooked. And so I started playing, and then, I, then I was, there used to be a group called the Thursday Feeds out in Los Robles, where all the actors and, and directors and people that weren't working would play. And... Uh, Sorry, there's a plane going over. That's it? A... Or a helicopter, actually. But, uh, anyway, so every Thursday we get a group of, you know, something and stuff. And that's, by the way, that's how I found Colorado. Uh, I don't know if you remember Don Porter, the uh, old character actor, uh, he, he did uh, Gidges, uh, not Gidges, the uh, uh, little girl, uh, Don Porter. You, you know, he, he's an right. old, old actor. Anyway. He came up to me one day and he said, Hey, I'm supposed to play in this celebrity tournament in Colorado. I can't make it with your fill-in.
0: And that's how I, I found Colorado. I filled him for Don Porter because he couldn't make the there. Now, now you're golf, you're, you know, you're living in Colorado, you're living a good life. Now, you said recently you've gotten into these independent movies. How did you get back into the independent movies? Did someone seek you out and, was, and are they intimidated or do they sit there and worry because you are a very accomplished actor and if they're younger are they intimidated when they pitch you a movie
1: well it's weird you know uh to uncle john which i did a couple of years ago uh these guys were out of chicago and uh we shot it in uh, lodi uh wisconsin actually but uh and i found this out later you know they they found my email address somehow and all of a sudden, I got this email and they said, you know, would you be interested in doing this film? And they sent me the script and I read it. And I got a hold of them I said, I'd love to. You know, and they didn't have any money. I mean, you know, but I didn't care about the money. It was a great character and I wanted to play it. <clears throat> so later on, I found out that they, had, they were watching Beverly Hills Cop and then—and they said, you know, he'd be a really good Uncle John, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, to this day, I feel... Because Uncle John is a farmer out in the country and stuff like that. I said, how did you ever connect Taggart with Uncle John and <laughs> <Kate?"> <laughs> But I'm glad he did. But, and then this movie I have coming out now, uh, Once Upon a River, um, she got a hold of my manager, and Harula uh, Rose has directed it. She did a great job. And we shot that in uh, Antioch, Illinois. Um I got a hold of my manager, and, and my manager called me, and I read the script, and I said, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, you know, there, there's not, not a lot of money involved in these things, but that, that's, you know, when I was doing theater, the well, Company of Angels, I paid $20 a month to, to work in that theater, you know? So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm not concerned about that. I mean, it was, you know, of course, you know, you're doing great to go out and make a ton of money and be do whatever, but uh, money money's not, uh, you know, my only, I'm, 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 I'm more concerned about the character doing the job and doing that right, and, you know, if the money's there, it's there, if it's not, it's not, you
0: know. So, now, now, what, uh, kind of, what kind of roles are you looking forward to playing? You know, because the Indies, you can play whatever, and you said, you know, you'll play a cop if it's a character. What kind of characters do you want to play at this point in your life? And have they changed it all as you've gotten older?
1: Well, I, I, I want to play, you know, characters that are, are, that are that are rounded out characters, you know, that are, that are, you know, like uh, theater characters, you know. I, I mean, I, I'm i attracted to the story and and, and and the characters now, you know. I don't care about all these blow-ups and all that stuff. I mean, that just doesn't do anything for me, you know. I want to... I Play a character that's got some stuff going on, you know. Uh, you know this character I'm playing in Once Upon a River is a hermit that lives on a river, but he's such a well-rounded. There's, there's such stuff going on. That, and same with Uncle John. There's there's more going on inside of him than what he says, you know. And, and I'm attracted to the story. I want to I want to do a good story with a good character, and, and you know, and 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 uh, smoke my character in Once Upon a River is this old hermit. And I, I that uh, q and A at one of the festivals, and I said, "I'm finally getting old enough to play the characters I played in college." I'm, you because know, <laughs> <you know? laughs> in college I was always the character guy. You know, i you know, I was 22 years old, and I'm playing, you know, uh, uh, big daddy. You know. <laughs> I always played the old character guys on, on stage in college. Now I'm getting to
0: the age where I can play them for real. Exactly. Well, you know, before we wrap up, i got to ask you something. And, you know, you don't always know if Wikipedia is true or not, but did you used to host a sports show for ESPN in Fort Collins? Yeah, that's a long
1: story and a bad one, so okay. I don't get
0: into it. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are, are you a big... But I did. It was a popular show. I did it from
1: three to six, five days a week because these guys from ESPN uh, that have the station, you know, it, it, ESPN stands for Entertainment Sports Network, you know? So, I, I said, you know, and there's a lot of similarities between sports and the entertainment business. Obviously, look at these guys playing sports now. I mean, they're all entertainers now. These guys are making $200 million to play baseball. I mean, please. You know, so I mean, so I was trying to, to do a show with this other sports guy. He was he a was, uh, a football player, anyway. It's a long story, but <laughs> the connection between entertainment and sports, you know. So I, I we would uh, do, do shows about that. And I got, and then during the celebrity players tour I got to know Jim McMahon, a very good friend of mine, and we just played a golf tournament a couple weeks ago together in North Carolina. And so a lot of these guys I got to know, and so it, it was, it was a good show, but it, it's a. Bad ending. Oh, anyway. Well, you know what,
0: I uh, this I want to thank you for coming on. You know, I, as I said, you know Mid- Midnight Run to me, it, it still always makes me laugh my ass off, and and Beverly Hills Cop is just a classic. You know, because I grew up, I'm the age where you know Murphy was breaking. You know, as we're like the same age, so it was it was just something. And uh, and uh, I, I wish you the best of luck, and, and I think you're going well, you to keep working. They're
1: talking about past four, so you know, you know. The- I'd love to do it if it's right, you know. Cop three just didn't turn out right, you know, so that's why I didn't do it. There's a lot of a lot of other reasons why I didn't do it, but but uh, I would love to do Cop Four and, and get together with Judge and Eddie again. It'd be a blast,
0: you know. Well I wanna thank you again. People go go check out John Ashton, go to his IMDB. Uh your website I believe is johnashton.com? Ashton oh, dot com. Right. Right. Go to his website, just go look at his work. Go 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 you have, you know. Look at his movies. You know, if you haven't seen some kind of wonderful, go. He plays the father, you know, a a caring father. So, people, check that out. Uh, Go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have over 750 episodes up there. Email me, cooper, at coopertalk.net. And if you listen to me on iTunes, do me a favor. Give me a five-star review and write something nice. So, anyway, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I'll talk to you guys next time.